Welcome to the Hello Happy Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Luke. Join us each week as we talk about family, fun, and faith. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Hello Happy Podcast. Luke, you look sleepy over there. Yes, I I am very sleepy, which is not good because we're starting off the new week. But we are sleepy, and this is the worst thing. We're not sleepy for any good reason. We have not been staying up dealing with any... Children-related issues or anything Family like crisis or anything of great magnitude. We've been staying up doing my Thomas Kincaid Superman <laughs> puzzle. Puzzle, just like an old married couple. Now, what is funny about the puzzle is I grew up, and my mom is a puzzle fanatic. I think at most points in time, you would have found a puzzle in a varying degree of completion on the dining room table growing up. And I didn't hate puzzles. Like, I would help her, but they weren't like my thing like kind of boring I used to definitely think that puzzles were super boring and I've been out of the house for 16 years something like that a long time and I've never bought a puzzle I've never bought a puzzle but we've been doing this like no screen Sundays and I thought oh you know I'll I'll get a puzzle and we have been hooked and it's funny because Nicole at first was not into it I was kind of like nerd nerd I'm not doing that but then she sat down (laughs) And admit it, that first piece that connects. Oh, I was like, I can do the rest of this puzzle. I got it. And so it was 3 a.m. Now, the good thing is we did accomplish the sky of the puzzle. So that's... Yeah, the puzzle's still not done. It's not... It's only been a week. It's a thousand pieces. And in our defense, it sits on the dining room table, which means Jake and Elle have undone our work three or four times. Oh, it's devastating. They will tear the puzzle apart. If I let them up there, they'll knock pieces When I looked over there, and this is bad parenting, because... We have high tables, so we have, like, bar height table in the dining room. We look over there, and Elle, who's to, is sitting on the, the, the bar height chair. And unlike a good parent, my first thought is not, oh, if she falls, she's going to hurt herself. My first thought was, get away from my puzzle. <laughs> Save the puzzle. Save the puzzle. Anyway, so that is why we are tired today. And what's funny is it was one of those other moments of life where and these are happening to me more and more. It's like the Progressive commercials, right? We can save you on insurance, but this is not brought to you by Progressive. That would be cool if it was, but. Well, no, I, I work at a different insurance company. That's true. So that'd that be a conflict of interest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, but those, we can't stop you from becoming your parents. It is so funny. The older you get, the more you do things where you're like, I'm becoming like my mom and dad. And again, not that. I, I have no problem becoming like my mom and dad. I love my mom and dad. They're awesome people. But there's just these things that, like, before in your life were never interesting to you or intriguing. And then you get older and you're like, oh, oh, I like this. This is, this is interesting. Yeah, you know, it is funny how you start to become like your parents. I was thinking the other day, every morning I sing a good morning song to Elle. So, like, I'll walk into her room. I mean, I'm not going to sing it because I'm not a good singer. You have singer. to sing it. You, no, you've just told no, them. No, I'm not going to. Um, but I sing her like a little good morning song. And I was just thinking, like, I probably do that because I remember my mom singing to me every morning. And, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of cool how subconsciously you are, like, ingrained with these things from your childhood. It's funny because you walk in and you're like, good morning, good morning. Just had to all, sing it. All sweet. It's like Mary Poppins is walking into your room. And I also sing to the children when I wake them up. But my song is, get your booty up. And They love that, though. They dance. Well, it's funny. Tyler looks at me like, 
you're annoying. I want to sleep. Jake, because <laughs> Jake's Jake. Jake will start dancing. He, his eyes aren't even open yet. <laughs> Jake is our four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> He'll start moving. But no, it is funny. I mean, one of the other ones that got me is uh, when my parents would discipline me, especially like spankings. I remember, I remember occasionally my dad saying, like, this hurts me more than you. And I was always like, liar. There is no way this is more bothersome to you than me. And then I got older, and I hate disciplining the kids. Like, it can ruin your day because you're like, especially if you work all day, you come home, you just want to have fun with your kids. Or the worst is, like, you want to go take them to get ice cream. And you actually want the ice cream, so you're also excited about the ice cream. <laughs> and then they do something bad. And you're like, well, we can't do this now. And, and there is that moment where you realize, like, for them, they will get over this very quickly. But there's many nights where we've had where we discipline the kids for doing something. And, like, I still feel bad after they're in bed. Like, that stunk. That's not what I wanted to do. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And especially for you being the working parent, well, working from outside the house parent, you come home at such a difficult time. You know, like I always call it the witching hours between <laughs> like 4 and 6 p.m. where your kids just turn into hungry, crazed people. Like I, I don't know what happens between those hours with young well, children. Well, it's funny because, I mean, especially now that Jake does a nap, I feel like even Ty, like the day is long for them. He's kind of tired but not tired enough to go to bed. Ellie is hanging on. She could go to sleep then if she wanted to. And so you just kind of, yeah, you have these hangry, tired <laughs> little creatures. <laughs> so speaking of discipline and speaking of moods and things, um, we decided to introduce over the last couple of weeks, No Screen Sunday. And we have found that it has helped tremendously with their attitudes, with their behavior, and just overall has been such a positive change. Well, it's funny because it, it didn't really start like as a discipline thing and it's, we don't want it to be a negative thing, but we just noticed, like, especially with video games, our seven-year-old was getting to a place where he wanted to be playing video games, and anything that was taking away from playing video games was bothersome to him. And then if it wasn't that, it's your cell phone. I mean, there's just so many screens. And so it was like, why aren't we playing outside more? Why aren't we playing games? Why... Why aren't we, you doing kid things like playing cars or action figures or anything? All they wanted was screens. Right. And as a parent, when you're tired, it is easy to let your children go watch a screen. Because, I mean, you're tired. They're occupied. Um, and so what I found personally is not having screen time means I need to occupy them the entire day. Like, we are engaged with them the entire day, which is a positive thing, you know? It is funny, though, because it does take discipline because Sunday tends to be the day where it means why you have Sunday naps. It, the week catches up to you. You're tired. You want to nap or just kind of chill, and it's your last little hoorah before the week kicks in. And it is so easy on a Sunday to plop your butt down on the couch and do barely anything for hours. Mm-hmm. But it's so much more fun. Like, the last few Sundays have been amazing. We did want to share with you guys a couple of things that we've been doing on No Screen Sundays that you could look into for your own family. And one of the, our, I think our favorite probably, is uh, my friend Shelby purchased this game for us for Christmas called Family Charades. Um, I'll include the information about what it is maybe in the description of the podcast. Um, but 
it basically is charades, <laughs> um, but it's made for children of all ages. So if your kids can't read, um, when they draw the charade card, it has a picture of what they have to act out, and the kids are obsessed with it. It is not only fun for them, but we just, like, die laughing watching them. <laughs> no, we, I mean, there's so many board games, card games. Uh, the other thing, we, we have these great Us Born books that are, like, classics, like Count of Monte Cristo, um, you know, Don Quixote, but they're, of course, written for children, and they have pictures every other page. Um, reading those to the kids has been fun, and it is interesting. Like, um, they get hooked. They kind of get caught up in it. Um, there's just and, and then what's funny is they build off of it and they start coming up with activities right and then what you find is they're not even asking for screens anymore like they are brainstorming and finding more non-screen activities to do which is kind of cool and, and it's um it's funny because i've seen impacts throughout the week because of sunday no screens where mm-hmm. um I, I think the the second week we did it um I didn't play video games for like until Thursday that week. Right. He had just almost stopped entirely asking for. Video and, games. and before it was like, get home. I want to snack. I don't play games. And um, I mean, not that he doesn't like video games anymore. He still plays. But because he'd had fun either reading a book or they started building robots with the Legos or, you know, we started this puzzle thing, um, they wanted to then continue in those activities. And so it was so funny how having one specific day of this intention bled to bled into the, the week. Yeah, you saw the positive impacts throughout the rest of the week. So I definitely urge you, if you haven't before, to pick a day of the week, preferably a weekend, like a Saturday or Sunday, and do like a no-screen day. And I have a confession. I think the first week was harder for me than the kids. Oh, definitely. I still struggle with it. You know, I wanted to watch, you know, XFL games. I wanted to check the phone. I, uh, you, you tell yourself, like, you, you lie to yourself that there's so much important stuff that needs to be done and that you got to have your phone. And it was just nice to get away. It was. It was. It's definitely a break for me, especially because I feel like I spend a lot of time on social media throughout the week. And so it's, it's kind of a good reprieve. And you want to lead by example. So that's the, the biggest the message there. The other cool thing was Sunday was so much longer in a good way. Like most Sundays, I, I kind of feel like I can't believe it's 9 o'clock at night and the weekend's over. Mm-hmm. And I normally have this feeling of like we, we had so much we didn't get done. Um, not, I didn't realize how much time we're wasting with stupid screen time that's completely unproductive. And, you know, I've been reading all kinds of books about psychology and how to (laughs) reduce stress and things like that. And they talk about people not using the right side of their brain, which is the creative side, you know, doing the puzzle, coloring, like doing things that help exercise that side of your brain can significantly increase the well-being of your whole life and your mood. Another big benefit I saw was the family interaction. Um, Screens are screens can often be a very individualistic endeavor, um, especially if you have multiple. Right, you've got maybe someone playing video games, someone's watching an iPad, mom and dad are on their phones, and, and you have the situation where all five people are doing their own thing. And in fact, it, it's funny. I was talking to a friend about kind of the the changing dynamic in households, where 
the family room was called the family room because that was the one place the family came together. Often there was one TV in the house, and it was in that place. And so even if you were going to watch a show, you did it together. But now so many families have turned their houses into where everybody's bedroom is their own kingdom. You've got your, you know, you got your own TV in your room. You've got your own video game system in your room. You've got your iPad. You've got your cell phone. And so you've got this situation where, like, we don't even need to collaborate to watch a TV show. <laughs> like, right. I'll just, I'm going to watch what I want to watch. You watch what you want to watch. And, yes, for me, personalized individualistic situation that's good because you're getting your content but it also kind of breaks down of like doing something together as a group and I would imagine as our kids get older those of you that have teenage children um, what kind of impact this could make on a teenager who is really seeking kind of to (laughs) isolate themselves and when forced into kind of a no screen family type of day I mean, that could change so many things. I don't want to jinx myself. I don't know what we're getting into with that yet, but... Well, no, it was funny because, like, uh, at one point we were all reading separate books, but then Ty wanted to share something he'd read, and then I'm reading this book, Faith for Exiles, so he comes over, and he, I mean, he's that stage where he can read, so he's like, what's that word mean? And so we started talking about the book, and I'm trying to explain it to him for his... And it was just it was just great interaction. And then even Jake was in on the conversation because, like, oh, everybody's looking at this book. Let's... I, I want to take a look. Um, so it's just... You know, we talked about, I think, on our first podcast of, like, not just going with the flow. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where, even for me, the parent, the flow was just, hey, put on the TV, you know, watch a show, um, do nothing today. And it was amazing how pumping the brakes on that having some intention, um, really had a dramatic impact. Yeah, so we just want to encourage you guys to pick a day and give it a try. Let us know how it works out. But definitely, we've seen some positive things over here. Uh, this kind of leads into our, our, our next topic where, you know, talking about disciplining your, your children, which we've kind of talked throughout this whole show just a little bit too, alluding to it. And I think as a parent... Um, disciplining can be one of the most difficult things, especially if, if you're the working parent in the situation that discipline is not fun. Um, it, it often requires a level of consistency um, because kids don't want to, I mean, it's not like you're going to say no or punish them one time and then be done. Um, often you hit these phases where it's like, man, you got to be on top of them it feels like every day, sometimes even multiple times in the same day. Um, and then even, you know, we've talked about, I hate those phases where you think you've gotten them through something and then it rears its ugly head again. We you see that often because Elle's in the terrible twos. So <laughs> we see that. We have many opportunities to see all kinds of repetitive, um, what is that, rebellious behavior. But... You know, I, I do think discipline is a huge responsibility of parents. And, and also, I think there's, you know, if we look at this from a biblical perspective, there's, there's a couple of big things Scripture talks to when it comes to discipline, which I've always found to be very, very helpful. And the first is, discipline is, is something you do out of love. And in fact, in, in Scripture, it talks about the way you know as a child, that you're a child of God, is that God disciplines you. And it's funny because having your own kids, you realize this, like, you know, I would always say at church, like, I love all the kids at church, 
but I only love my own children enough to spank their rear ends when they do something wrong because those are my kids. Those are mine with my DNA in them that I'm responsible for that I want to shape into good little people. And discipline's hard. it's a hard thing to do. But when you really think about love, love is not just compassion. Love is joyfully sacrificing for the benefit of another. And so as a parent, right, you having a good fun day and then all of a sudden your kid does something and now you have to address it and address it in a not fun way. That's not the easy thing to do. The easy thing to do is to, to let it slide, to ignore it, to move on. But the problem becomes then that behavior just grows and grows and grows. And I remember one of my friends telling me about a book he read. He was like, it is your responsibility as a parent not to raise a jerk. And if your little kid is making your house a difficult place to be, imagine what they're going to be like later in life at school or in the workplace or, you know, in those kind of things. Um, and so in Scripture, one of the, the verses I love is in Ephesians 6, 4, says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so that to me is important because it goes to a deeper level. When you're disciplining your kids, are you just teaching them what is right and wrong, allowed or not allowed? Or are you also going that further step and talking about why? Yeah, I think I'm definitely guilty of many times just saying, hey, this is wrong. Don't do it again, you know, and not giving enough context. And, and it's, it's important, you know, it's funny, and this is a, this is a bigger thing than even just discipline. Um, uh, there's an author and um, leadership guy we like. John Maxwell? Uh, him, yes, and then Stephen Covey, Simon, uh, Simon, Simon Sinek. Sinek, and great YouTube videos, great books, so good. Um, and he talks about start with why, always. And and it's funny because what you see sometimes is if you just discipline your children and you don't explain why lying was wrong or why you know being selfish is wrong or or, or the why behind the rule. A lot of times they will fill that why in as because mom and dad said so. Which means if mom and dad aren't present, they no longer have a why to that behavior. So they become different people when you're not around. Right. And so it, it's, an, it's an extra step. It's extra effort. But I think it's so important as much as you can to not only tell your kids what's right and wrong but also give them that instruction that says, here's why that's right or wrong. So what's a good example of why? What does that look like? And I'll give you guys an example of what happened this morning. Our younger son, Jake, made breakfast for himself, and it was like 10 little mini pancakes. He had them on a plate, down on the end table. Ty came downstairs and ate half of them. So that immediately meant when Jake wasn't looking, by the way. <laughs> So that meant that Jake erupted in screaming, crying tears. It was like his life was over because of pancakes. And so Ty came upstairs to me and said, I don't understand what the big deal is. He always shares with me, why is this a deal? And I said, how do you think you would feel if your brother came and took something from you without asking you? How would you feel? 
he's like, I would be mad. And I gave him an analogy of like, what if he came and took your Pokemon cards? Even though you like to share with him, what if he just took the ones that he wanted without asking? Ty was like, I would be incredibly upset. And I was like, so you can understand where he's coming from. And what do you think you should do in the future? He was like, I, next time I'll ask him. Well, the other thing that happens with the why is, and especially as your children get older, I've seen Ty do this probably the most, where you talk to him about the concept of sharing or you talk to him about the concept of you're the older brother. I expect you to, to watch out for them. And then you start to see them do loving, selfless things because, because now that they know your intent, they're able to take that and apply it to more life situations than just if you have like this one rule about this one situation. Right. So Ty in the future will next time think before doing something without asking someone, you know. No, um, you know, it's funny, like this, this reminds me of a story with Jake and prayer. It's like we talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, having your prayers be different with your kids so they know why you're doing this, not just the same words. And so I'm about to, I pray with the kids, I'm about to leave. And Jake real quickly goes, he's like on the top bunk, he goes, wait, dad. And he grabs my shoulder he closes his eyes and he presses down on me. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm sharing my joy with you, Dad. He goes, tonight when you're sleeping, my joy is going to be in your heart and it's going to make you happy. And he goes, you know, it's like what Jesus does. He gave us his spirit and that spirit has love and it has joy and it has peace in it. And that's how we need to be. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> so when you think that your four-year-old is too young to understand a concept, they're not too young, guys. They're absolutely not. No, and it, I mean, it, was, just, it was one of those things where you're like, I never taught him that. Like, not directly. Um, but he, because there's so much intent behind what he learns, and it's not just this black and white rule of you have to pray because that's the rule, I, I feel like he was able to apply that to his life. And it's funny because I think, this is important for all of us. I've run into many adults who grew up in church and all they ever heard was don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. And they have developed this image of God that is God is a big, angry old man with a bunch of rules and he doesn't want you to have any fun. And what I see is those people often haven't really understood, if you read scripture, who God is and what he wants for you. God knows those things can be instantaneously fun. But he also knows if they become the habit of your life, they lead to nothing but pain and despair. And so those rules were never put in place for us to stop us from enjoying life. They were put in place because he loved us. And he does love us, and he wants us to have the best life. But if you don't understand that why, you do go to Scripture and just go like, wow, here's all these no's. Mm -hmm. And so I just think it's a, it's a very important thing to think about, one, in your own life. Do you really understand the why behind what you do? And second, are you taking the time with your kids not just to teach them rules, but to teach them the intent behind the rules and the character that you want them to have. That's such an important point. And I think there's so many other important points when it comes to child discipline. And we have so many more tips, tricks, and experiences to share with you guys in regard to disciplining children. No, and, you know, we're, we're thankful that you guys tune in. Um, 
we also hope that you guys give us a lot of grace because we're by no means perfect experts at this. <laughs> right, right. We're just here to help make you feel like you're not in this parenting game alone and there's ways to find joy in parenting even in the hard times. Well, hey, thanks for listening to episode three. Join us back here next Wednesday for even more fun. Have a blessed week and we will catch you on the flippity flip. Thanks for spending some time with us today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find more content at Hello Happy Mom on Instagram or at my blog, hellohappymom.com.